My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to provide insight into the body's natural healing abilities, strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness, because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to episode 97 of the Biohacker Babes. I'm Lauren, tuning in from New York joined by my sister, Renee, across the country. Hey, everyone. In Las Vegas. And we have another part of the country being represented today. We're going to bring on Dr. Beth Westy. She is in Minneapolis. Um, We are a huge fan of her work because she cares so much about women's health. So she fits right in with this podcast. She is a wealth of information on all things hormones, weight loss. She talks a lot about cycle syncing, which if you have not tuned into any of that information on the podcast, this will be a great way um, to introduce yourself to that. So much great info. Yeah. I loved talking with her. I think she has such an amazing mission and you can tell she's so passionate about women's health and really driving this home. Like women are different than men. Like we need to hear this message. And she just gives great practical tips that we can all start doing today, which I love so much. Yeah. And I don't know how to say this without sounding weird, but I, I could feel almost like a little bit of anger come up at at times because she's so passionate about certain topics. And we have that too. It's like, Oh, how do you, how do you know what to talk about? It's like, well, what really kind of bothers you? Like, what do you really need to get out there? Cause it's important. And I, I loved, well, I mean, we were on video, we could see her, but like, you could just see the passion because it's so, it's so meaningful and she's really doing amazing work around it. So it was kind of fun to watch her emotions throughout and the way she reacted to different topics. And yeah. oh man, I think she, awesome. I think she was laughing at my face too on camera. Cause I literally yeah. was dropping my jaw multiple times when she was saying, Oh things. gosh, yeah. that story of her client going to the OBGYN is just yeah. insane. Oh Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Mind yeah. Blowing. So here's a little bit of her story and her bio, and then we'll bring her on. So after struggling to find a solution to ovarian cysts and bouncing from doctor to doctor, being told I would need to go on birth control to fix the issue, I leaned into my Eastern medicine training and started researching ways to fix this issue on my own with nutrition for hormones. Once I started seeing results, I started sharing this info with women in my practice. Now I help women all over the world naturally manage their hormones and gain back their life by teaching them how to eat or your cycle. Dr. Beth is the author of the best-selling book, The Female Fat Solution, the creator of the 12-week Female Fat Solution Challenge, the Eat for Your Cycle Method, and the host of the Female Health Solution Podcast. She's made it her mission to change the way women view their health. Traveling the country to educate and empower women to take their health into their own hands, she uses nutrition to help women work with the natural cycle of their bodies to achieve lasting weight loss results. She is powerful. That is just so clear. She's doing it. And I think you guys are going to love her. Yeah, let's bring her on. Welcome, Dr. Beth. We're so happy to have you here today with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm really excited. 
tuning in from Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. So we have a little tripod across the country happening. Mm -hmm. Awesome. (laughs) So we are huge on women's health and we think there's just so much opportunity to educate and also heal in this area. And we know you are an expert when it comes to female health with hormones, weight loss, eating for our cycle, which is such an exciting and complex topic. (laughs) Um, I think to kick off, if you could possibly, maybe this is impossible, possibly put this all in a nutshell, what would you say is the number one reason that women really struggle with health and weight loss specifically? Ooh, oh yeah, this is a, in a nutshell, it's like the short, (laughs) tiny version of it, why we struggle. Yep, I'm gonna just challenge you right (laughs) off the, Right from the start. Yeah, I'm gonna like start sweating. I'm gonna get really worked up here. It's because we've been trained like men. It's because we've been trained like men. It's because all of our basic education on nutrition and health and exercise and everything and training and all of it was based off of a male body. And we expect our own systems, which change every single week to perform and execute everything and have results like a male body. And we're never educated fully on all the things that happen. And whenever we are educated, it's always a negative spin on it. Oh, you have cramps. Oh, you have PMS, me, 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 right? Like it's like, it's just, I'm gonna try not to swear, but like terrible, like crappy to be a female. Oh, go for it, go for it. You know what I mean? Just like pain in the butt symptoms, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Not, oh, hey, your hormones shift and change and here's how you can work with that and actually, you know, benefit from it. You have certain special things that happen in your system every month that a male doesn't have and that's a good thing, not a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think without that education, we end up working against our bodies so often and we just have no idea. Yes. And education is like, without that, how could you possibly work with it? And that's just a jumping off point. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. The number one mistake I see women make is they weigh themselves every day or every week oh, gosh. and compare I their body, right? Some... <laughs> when I when I speak um, and I, you know, I haven't done a lot of talks recently, right? Because I haven't gone anywhere in a year. Normally, I mean, I would speak like a couple times a week to different you know, venues around my area. And then I would travel to speak at least every other month. It was, it's such a hot topic. And the number one thing that I would kick off with saying was always do not weigh yourself every week and compare where you were last week. You are in a different body. You are in a different chemistry. Like everything is different. So when we talk about the shift and change that happens, it's not just, oh, my hormones are different. What are those hormones doing? It changes your digestive system. It changes your fluid level. And then like throughout the month, your blood volume changes, right? Like leading up to when you're having your period, your uterus doubles in size. It's literally twice the size and it has more fluid in it. So of course, if you're weighing yourself like right before you ovulate and you are say 150, 150 pounds or something like that, and then you weigh yourself two weeks later and you're 154 pounds, you're thinking, crap, I'm going in the wrong direction. I'm doing the wrong thing. I have to cut my calories, work out more, da, 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 da. And that's actually the absolute worst thing to do for your body at that point in your hormonal cycle, right? Yeah. To it more, right? You're leading up to this huge hormonal shift and event, um, you know, natural detoxification that happens with the cycle and everything else. And we end up freaking out and working against our system really, really harshly, which leads to more stress, 
more weight gain actually or slowing down the metabolism versus realizing <laughs> just wait another week <laughs> you're going to be another yeah. five pounds lighter and women right. can gain and lose you know five up to ten pounds throughout the month naturally and that's normal you know and what's the difference between that five and ten pounds it can be per person your own inflammatory responses your size you know i'm i'm a huge per I'm, I'm six two i'm enormous you know so <laughs> have a 10 pound weight shift just because i have that much more meat suit that i live in right somebody yeah. else who's five two is not that uncommon you know so just to hear yeah. that sometimes for women is like oh my god that makes sense oh oh i'm not crazy okay yeah yeah yeah. And then repeat that a hundred times because the conditioning <laughs> takes so much. We have so many layers to get through. Yes. Yeah. So many layers. And again, it's, it's, I feel like a, like the premise, where does it start, right? Where are we going wrong from the beginning? And it starts when we're young, the messaging that we get when we're young, all of that stuff. I mean, and I work with a lot of women all over the world and women are shamed even from being little, like, women will share things like I remember being eight years old and my mother yanking my dinner plate away because they didn't oh, want God. me to eat too much being mm. poked in the belly by somebody in the family telling them that they're tubby you know being 10 like a like a, like you're a child like your bones are still growing at this point like what Awful. right yeah it's crazy. yeah this is the messaging that women get growing up not to mention society, all the other, you know, all these other things that play a role in that. And then no wonder why we have such a hard time and mm -hmm. feel frustrated and feel lost and feel, yeah. you know, and then we have to have that message repeated over and over again, because it's so against what we were trained in and mm -hmm. brainwashed in, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. and, and I heard you talk about this on a podcast. I think it was maybe today's actually uh, episode, how we go to the mall and we go shopping and we put on clothes and I know every woman out there can resonate with this. You're like, this doesn't fit. I feel awful. You leave them all so upset, so discouraged. Can you share a little bit like why that's happening? I mean, obviously our bodies are changing, but like what's yeah. going on with the yeah. self-talk? So much negativity. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're trained into think like my body should fit the clothing. I should fit the clothing. And again, so personally, I'm again, huge. I'm really, really tall. I was six foot when I was 12. So I had to shop in the men's department, like not even the boys, like the full on, like I wore men's pants as a seventh grader. Wow. I was not cool, by the way, in case you're wondering, <laughs> not a cool person because that was it. And then as I grew older and I remember like the first time I got a pair of silvers, you know, jeans, they had them long enough. They had like a 37 inch inseam. And I was like, this is amazing, but they're a hundred bucks, you know? I mean, and they were at least, you know, 20 years ago even. And, and it was like, yeah so expensive. So I had like one pair of pants I could wear, you know, and it's just so frustrating to be in a position where you go to a dressing room, the lighting is terrible, right? The, the space oh, is just awful. Terrible. <laughs> yes. the worst. And then you're putting on these clothes that if it might fit in the waist, but it doesn't fit in the thigh or like you can't even get it over your thigh. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with me? Oh my gosh. And it's not you, the fashion industry, they take a fit model and then and my, my younger sister's um, been in the, a model for, you know, 20 some years. So like they take a gal who's like a size zero or a one and they fit her with the clothes. And then all they do is they make it bigger 
and bigger in certain areas and not in other areas and all these other things. But like your skeletal structure, your tissues, your muscles, your, your connective tissue can be placed differently on you versus somebody else. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And if you have an odd body shape at all, like I do, you know, like from my dead waist to the floor is four feet. So wow. you guys are like, not it's like, oh well, I'm, God, I'm so short. Right <laughs> I'm on the other end. I'm so sure I, I am five too. So oh. like, no, I'm but like, like, oh man, give me some of your height. I'm just like, Ooh, I'll give you a little bit of my femur, you know, but like, yeah. Yeah. but so standing, I am taller than a lot of people sitting down. I am not. So this would happen all the time. Like I'd be out places or somewhere else and like sitting and I'm like nor normal height with everybody, but then we'd all stand up or something and I'm like towering over everybody. Oh my God, I didn't realize you're huge. And I'm thinking, yeah, because I have like T-Rex thighs. <laughs> it's all in your legs. Yeah. Yeah. But well, you're right. Like it could be like your legs can be longer. Your torso could be yeah. longer, shorter. And like, and I'm guilty of finding, you know, like my favorite dress. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it fits perfectly. And then I buy yeah. it in like three colors. Cause it's just like <laughs> finally something that fits my body. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Hold on for dear life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I would say like, I'm a pretty small person, but shopping for clothes, especially in a mall, like, oh God, it's just the worst thing. You would think in this like ring light era that mm. dressing rooms would have incorporated some front lighting rather than the terrible overhead lighting. Anyways, yeah. I have really strong legs yeah. and a fairly small waist. So, you know, trying on jeans, any kind of pants is near impossible. And that's so easily, and I'm like, it has in the past cycled into that negative self-talk where it's like, why am I not good enough? Yeah. Like, why are we not blaming the clothing manufacturers? <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. Who, who like, if you buy a size six in something, you can buy a size six in clothing. Have you seen posts like this where people say this is a size six and they hold up the pants next to each other yeah. and they're like, like up to six inches different in size where you're like, what the hell is a size? Yeah. Six? No oh, regulation. No one yeah. knows. Mm -mm. It's all I've even know. noticed. Like I have found certain brands that fit really well. Yeah. And over the years I have noticed the sizes have changed even in that brand. Yeah. And like, I used to be this size. Now I'm this size. Like what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it all comes down to the numbers literally don't mean anything. Yeah. It, it, it's all a shot in the wind or whatever, or, you know, and then people talk about things like, oh, well, what body shape is trendy? And I was like, trendy, trendy. Why is what that is a thing? Yeah. Like, oh, like gals are again, cause I, you know, I grew up in the eighties. So in the eighties and early nineties, it was all like stick figure. Like that was what mm -hmm. was cool. Like flat, butt, no, butt, super skinny skeleton, like yep. waif, you know? Um, and then came like the curvier, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, the, and, and it's like, oh, curvy is in and all these other things and people are getting butt implants and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's exhausting to yeah. like, how can I be a trendy with body? That. Right? Like, it's just, yeah. How do I, this is what my genetics are, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you'll but, like, you'll never be right. It'll never be the perfect mold ever. Yes. Yeah. Like we're given one body and sure we can dial in certain things here and there or put on some muscle mass, but like in general, yeah. you're probably going to have relatively the same frame throughout your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then things like stress, trauma, injuries, birth, all that stuff changes it. And you don't know what it's going to change to. <laughs> then you don't know what's going to go back or not. I'm so excited. Yeah. So do you have any advice for helping to heal this self-talk? 
or detaching from numbers because we could talk about this all day long yes how yeah. do we get through that thick skull of a brain yeah it's it's still very hard i mean i literally will if i have to go shopping for something and i'm by myself i will break out in hives i will get like a rat like because this is from like i would literally be i remember being in dressing rooms and not coming out when I was younger, just because it was so awful. Like I, I was in the men's department trying to shop for clothes as like a 13 year old girl. It was awful. But I will literally, if I have to shop for something, I will break out in hives if I'm by myself. It's terrible. So getting in the right mm -hmm. mindset before you go, understanding and doing research and being like, this is really stupid. The whole fashion industry is stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. I still got to go buy pants. Damn it. You know, okay. <laughs> like I still have you know, to wear clothing outside. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, sort of important, you know? Um, and then having somebody with you, I think is a great way to do it. Um, so I, I have my sister go shopping with me because I do the same thing. I'll be in a dressing room and I'll come out and I'll be like, gosh, you know, oh, it fits here, but it doesn't fit up here. God, my boobs just aren't big enough, you know? And she'll be like, or the dress is the wrong cut it's not your boobs, it's the dress. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, yes, don't yes. be stupid. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you need time. that friend that's gonna snap you out of it. Yeah, yeah, every time to be like, yep, it's actually not you. The clothes are supposed to fit you. And that's why they have tailors. That's why they have, I mean, so often it's really underestimated at, you can get a moderately priced piece of clothing and just spend $8 getting it fit to you. Life-changing life-changing. You don't need to buy the most expensive designer, you know, outfit or skirt or dress or whatever, and expect it to fit you or whatever. Buy something like regular priced and just get it tailored to you. And it changes everything. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a great tip. Yeah. It's really cheap. It's really, really yeah. cheap to get things tailored. It yeah. is. That's and, and tailors and people who do sewing such an important skill. They know exactly. Oh, if you yeah. find somebody good, I have somebody who's like two blocks from me where she's amazing. She's amazing. She just like little, little, you know, little measuring tape, boop, 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 you know, and you come the next day and there you go. And it fits perfectly. Made for you. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to need to go to a tailor probably next week. So this is kind of crazy. I'm in a wedding in a couple of weeks yeah. and the bridesmaid dress, it is, um, size one zero, size. one size fits zero to 14. Stop it. What? Yeah. And I even oh. messaged the person. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yes, it's zero to 14. So I'm thinking, okay, how long is this dress going to be? So I, I, I'm five, two, I'm sure I'm going to need to at least get it hemmed. Who knows what else I'm going to have to do to it. <laughs> is it like a wrap dress? Like make yeah, your own adventure kind of thing? It is. It is. So I'm like, I guess I'll but just wrap still. it around a couple of times, but like the oh. length, there's no way it's going to be just dragging on the floor. Oh so gosh. I'm going <laughs> to definitely get that tailored. You should have like some cut off. You could make like a fancy bow or something with it. I don't know. Yes. Maybe a second dress. I don't <laughs> I mean, yeah. This is a fashion opportunity, Renee. I think yeah. this is exciting. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I love so, it. So, so Dr. Breath, is there maybe a time of the month that we should be shopping? Is there like a better time Ooh. that we feel better or yeah. less bloated? Yeah. So for most gals, and I'll just preface this with most gals, because a lot of gals that have hormonal issues, they only feel normal like two weeks out of the month. Mm. And sometimes those two weeks are like right when their period ends to when they ovulate. And for some gals, it's after they ovulate, just depending on if, you know, where their hormone levels are at. So only feeling normal two weeks out of the month. If you have to do shopping or get 
acquire clothing or something, that's when you should do it. When you feel physically the best in your body, you know, mm. um, there's other things too. I mean, again, before your period starts, like the week before that's when, again, blood volume starts to increase fluid levels start to increase. I mean, even like your breast tissue can increase and like you get like, Oh, my boobs are sore. Like five days before I get my period. Yeah. Because there's more fluid there. That's what progesterone does. So if you're trying to find a bra or something, or you go get fit for a bra even, which is also really helpful because like, if you've never been fit for a bra properly, it's like life-changing by the way, but don't go then when your boobs are a little bit bigger than they normally are. Cause then two weeks later, you're going to be like, Oh, yeah. What happened? Yeah. What happened? (laughs) Where'd they go? Where'd they go? They shrunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You say like most women feel normal two weeks out of the month. I mean, actually I remember a friend of mine years ago, she said she had PMS, whatever symptoms, three weeks out of four weeks. Like she only felt good Mm. one week out of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. that's awful. So you said most women it's two weeks. They feel. Yeah. If a lot of women have hormonal issues, right. Then it's like a couple of weeks for some women, even if it's like, Oh, I only have minor issues or it's only one week for me. Okay. I mean, it's normal to feel a shift in your body, but it shouldn't hold you back from anything or it shouldn't interfere with your regular everyday life where you feel like, gosh, I can't, you know, work out or I can't whatever, or I'm really sleeping terribly or something. Um, when it's disruptive to your life, then it's a really big problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I know you say this a lot. The symptoms seem so normal, but they're not, you know, common doesn't mean normal. So when we're talking about cycle syncing, what would you say is the upper limit of, we really need to make some changes here. So two weeks out of the month, you're feeling good. I would say that's common, not normal. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it probably is normal to have reduced energy, you know, the week before your cycle into your cycle when our hormone levels are totally tanking. Mm-hmm a little bit normal, but like, what is the upper limit where we need to go? Okay. We have to make some changes here. Yes. Um, this is a really great question because it can be hard to figure out all the time. Like if you have spent so much of your life, not feeling good at certain times of the month, and then you start to feel better, you're like, Oh, this is amazing. Oh, (laughs) I'm actually sleeping at night or I'm not having all these night sweats or something weird. Oh, this is great. But that still doesn't mean that you're functioning at a high enough level where it's not, that there's not something wrong, you know, or something to still be addressed. So maybe we've hit baseline, but we're not. Yes. Yes. So ideal or optimal. Yeah. Yes. That's the, like, that's the perfect way to phrase it is that so often we're, you know, functioning below baseline and then even just getting to baseline is like, okay, that's like the bare minimum. And then, but there's more to improve on top of that, Mm -hmm. more to improve in terms of function. So it's really hard to tell for a lot of women. Um, but just by, while you continue to work on it, realizing I feel better and better and better, I'm able to navigate these things better. And then sometimes it takes a stressful event of some kind or where you would normally say, oh my gosh, normally my period would be really bad and it's not, I guess I'm doing really good. Yeah. Yeah. Those qualitative factors, because we started talking about weight loss and numbers and how numbers are always like the primary marker here when there's so much more that we can gauge health off of. How do we get people away from focusing on the numbers and and saying, so say my goal is weight loss, but Mm -hmm. I start to have all these other things shifting in the meantime, like better energy, better sleep. How do we, like, I struggle with this with clients. Like, how can you celebrate those wins when you're just so 
focused on the numbers. Yes. Like, oh, I, all these things are happening, but you know, I'm not changing. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah. Like it's that. so different. Like your body shape is different. Everything is different. Your cells are functioning at a different level. Like that's so exciting. But if the scale still doesn't say this magic number, you know, it's it is not working. Yeah. It's not yeah. working or realizing, okay, I have to weigh myself on day 10 of my cycle and then compare it to day 10 last month and then day 10 the month before, which means mm. you just need that much more time to collect the information and the data on your own body. Um, so realizing that, that they just have to wait and kind of keep going through it is, is part of it. But there's a big piece of that. That's a big mind body disconnect. We disconnect so much from how we're actually feeling versus the number, mm -hmm. right? Cause how many diets have women go through? And I know you guys probably experienced this a ton with women. How many diets have women gone through where they push themselves to feel like crap just to have a number appear on the scale? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, we used to do it in college all the time. We used to like not eat and all this stuff just to be like, I want to lose three pounds before we go out on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Or like getting <laughs> ready for a photo and... shoot. So you totally dehydrate yourself with like half yes. the water three days before and one day before it's one thing. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. 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 Stress so you... And trauma. <laughs> yes. Yes. All the trauma. So that's what gets seeded in the brain in terms of I have to, in order to be successful, I have to suffer. Like I have to feel like garbage. And then when the number says something, then that's a win. We have totally trained our brain and body in the complete wrong direction. So when we actually start to feel good, that doesn't trigger success for us. It triggers failure. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's becoming aware of it is the first thing. And then just being like, like calling women out on it and be like, you're like, you're doing it right now. Like you, you just listed off all these 10 things that are amazing with your body. And we're so excited about that, but it's still not good enough for you because you're letting one number dictate your health. Mm -hmm. And that number doesn't actually directly correlate to your actual health right now. Yeah. I just, with the numbers, like as biohackers, we're all into data and, and yeah. quantification, which is great for recovery metrics and understanding our cycle and reading mm -hmm. lab tests. But at the end of the day, that number on the scale is like basically irrelevant. Yeah. In the scheme of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like the one da data point that we shouldn't be focusing on. Yeah. Well, we mm -hmm. have so many other things to look at. Yes. Yes. Well, and what's crazy is that for women, there's no other bio like, are you tracking your basal body temperature? Is that moving regularly? You know, that is a measurement to really go off and to say, oh my gosh, you're being successful. Look at your amazing basal body pattern. Woo. Yeah. yeah. No one does yeah. that. I know. You know. I know. More women should do that. <laughs> yes. So I, I find a lot of women, they don't track their cycle at all. Like they have no idea what day or week or phase yeah. they're in. So for women that are new to that, how do you get them started? Do you start with body temperature? Yeah. So yeah, a lot of times it's, if they have no idea, they have to look and see, like, sometimes I have women take ovulation tests or things like that. It's just, you know, uh, we kind of look at whatever, um, to get started, but once they start, then it's getting that regular information. Um, but again, these are things that we're not told. We're not told to track our basal body temperature or cervical mucus or any of these other things to say, Hey, is my body ovulating when it should be? Are things on track? And if it's off, can I understand why it's off and still do things enough to support my system to keep it on a regular pattern? Because that's where the real success comes in. Because there's so many different things that can impact our cycle and our health 
that it's hard. It's never just one thing, right? Like, right. Like, and especially for weight loss too, like for guys, like guys are like, oh yeah, I just stopped drinking so much beer and I lost 20 pounds. Yeah. Good for you. Right? Like, oh, mm. oh, like my, my joke is always like men can sneeze and fart and drop five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. What a hero. Yeah. Oh, oh, worked so hard for that one. Didn't you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. On the bathroom and you're down a few pounds. Good for you. You know, Yeah. for women, you have to have like the stars and moon aligned and everything work your butt off for, you know, you know, half a year to get a half a pound down almost. And it's different when we actually look at true markers of our health and our body's functioning better. And when your body functions better and you feel better, then you can get to and sustain a healthy weight for you. Yeah. 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 So we all do lab testing in our practices. That's Mm -hmm. commonality here. Um, And that's really powerful, I think, with the cycle syncing and then actually looking at labs to start start making correlations between these data points can be really helpful because I think... So many women finally are like, okay, I'm going to eat healthy. And now I'm eating healthy for a month and nothing's happening. It's like, well, surprise, there's more than food. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm curious, in your practice, do you have uh, like your top three go-to labs? I know you're a fan of the Dutch chest, as are we. Is there something else that you start with that you find a lot of success in just as a baseline? Yeah. So Dutch, of course, cannot say enough magical things about Dutch. And anybody who yeah. doesn't, I don't want to say believe in Dutch or doesn't think Dutch is valid. They just don't know enough about it. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they just really don't know. And it's, yeah. It's um, so valuable. Yeah. So valuable. Um, and then from there, uh, doing a GI mapping test is really helpful. And then you know, a full thyroid panel. So many women have, you know, subclinical thyroid issues, things like that. And then you don't, don't ever get a full panel. Yeah. No one yeah. sends them a full panel. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. When is that going to be the, the standard with like webcam <gasps> tests? Like why is vitamin D on that? Why is there not more than just TSH? Why? Like, why do we not have inflammatory markers? Like what? Right? But then you have the hormones with blood. I'm like, oh, that's sure. Right. That's helpful. <laughs> and then it's a random day of your cycle. So it really yeah. means nothing. Oh, your yeah. estrogen is high on this day. Like what? <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Okay. That tells cool. me nothing. Thanks for doing <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I have the same thing, like, cause women don't understand sometimes and they're like, and again, women go into the doctor or try and get help somewhere and they're told they're crazy. They're told that they're not like, I can't tell you how many, I'm sure you guys have the same thing. Women go in and instead of getting actual help with their hormones, they're given an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety bed, a oh. psych referral. My favorite, yeah. most recent story I heard my favorite, cause it's the most horrible thing I've ever heard was a gal. I was, um, we were going over her Dutch on the phone and her husband was there as well because he was like, I really want to understand what's going on in her body. Like I can see she's struggling and she's so different here versus here. And he's like, I, I just want to be helpful. So I want to hear firsthand as well. What's going oh, on for her. Just, right. Like, and this happens more often than you'd think for women that they, that their husbands are, you know, or spouses try to be really supportive of what they're going through hormonally. Well, it affects and, them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think they would want to be on the team. Yeah, get that libido up and woo. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's the priority, but right. but this gal, um, she was telling me how he had come into her most recent OBGYN appointment because she was wanting to get more labs run, and she had done her own research. You know, all the things that we advocate for, and 
they wouldn't run labs. Her OB wouldn't run labs. They wouldn't, wouldn't do any other testing. She's like, you had tests last year. They were fine. Blah, blah, blah. And again, tried to, tried to give her more antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds and stuff and gave her a psych referral. And she's like, listen, remember I tried this before I felt more crazy. So I didn't want to take it. Like we went through this last year. I like, it caused me more damage than good. You know, all this stuff. She's like, I do have a therapist I work with that I love, like, but what else can I do? She's looking for more answers. And the doc then literally went to her husband and handed her a business card for a divorce lawyer and said, if your wife is not going to take these meds, then you're going to need this. <gasps> Are you kidding me? I had no words. Your face right now. <laughs> your I'm, face right oh now. Oh my God. No. That, like, no. no. Oh my gosh. Who is <sighs> this doctor? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like what the ever loving F. And this, if this is like, I know this happens more often than not. Right. And she's like, I'm so grateful for my husband. And he goes, yeah, that lady was ridiculous. We just, he goes, I threw the card down and we walked out of there. Absolutely. You know, terrible. And I was how do like, they have a medical license with that kind of practice? What the crap? Like, this is how women are treated, right? Because the, the tiny amount of tools that they have for testing, the tiny, the tiny toolkit that they have, they can't find whatever's wrong. Are you kidding? There's so much more that's unknown about the female body because it's not studied properly. <gasps> I'm going to start sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> we yeah. do. We like, need so much more yeah. research. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just nuts. Is the, do you know how many years that that has been the case for women, right? Like, yeah. like the, oh, so many years women have been told that they're crazy. That's why it's called a yeah. hysterectomy because of the hysteria. Yeah, get rid like, of it. Oh right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I had a, a female client who came to me and she was on the verge of getting a divorce. Her oh. and her husband were separated. Yeah. Trying to work things out. Did Dutch, did GI map changed her diet, got her back on track. She's thriving now and their marriage is better than it ever has been before. Yeah. And it was all because she just, she didn't feel well. She was yeah. exhausted. She was in pain. She had no libido. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing, wow. the whole like connection with women, like the libido piece too, is you don't feel like yourself, but women are like, you know, I still love my husband, but you know, the poor guy, I've had women tell me that they're like, yeah, I'm okay with, if he goes off you know, and has a, something on the side because I love him and he's such a great husband, but I just can't give him what he needs there because I don't feel it. And I'm like, yeah. And I mean, a low libido is, that is a sign that something is off, (laughs) right? We should, we should have that drive. (laughs) Yeah. Not every single day, but it should be present throughout the month. Yes. Yes. Men, when us women are ovulating, <laughs> that is a good yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you can tune into your spouse's cycle, mm-hmm. you will be much happier. It's a good day. Yeah. That's a, That's a great gift. I'm going to give you a calendar <laughs> of my cycle. <laughs> yes. Leave me alone these days and these days will be date night. <laughs> yeah. So yes. speaking of a signal that your body is giving, we, our body gives us so many signals all the time, especially when we're under chronic stress. Mm. How do we start to weed through these? And when it comes to something like fat loss, when you know, I would say that's hand in hand with being focused on the numbers. So many women are just focused on the fat loss. Like there's just like tension in their body. They're so fixated on it. Yes. What do we do there? Where do we start? Yeah. Okay. So the fat loss piece of it, especially for women is... 
Oh, like the last thing that's often going to change. And so many women are deficient in the right amount of protein for their body to support their lean muscle tissue that they actually can't get to and stay in a fat burning point long enough for it to even have a regular result for them. You know, so often we think, oh, if I just do this or my watch said that I burned this many calories or something, (laughs) okay, but your actual metabolism is completely turned off because you're depleted in, you know, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, your neurotransmitters, right? Like all these things that you can see on a Dutch are off and you're not getting enough nutrient in protein in to support that lean muscle tissue. So what your body's naturally going to do is it's going to target your muscle tissue for energy because it's faster and easier for the female body. And it's going to hold on to the fat tissue because that's safer. That's the protective, you know, default. Yeah. And yes, all that survival. So when you start to have it change, it's really important to really look at body composition. And I don't like pinch tests, you know, as much, right. Cause they're so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, day to day, you can do a pinch test and come up with like a bunch of different results. I'm yeah. sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if you're doing, um, you know, and even the scales that weigh, um, or what are those? Comp? Yes. Sometimes yeah. those can be different and those can be thrown off if you're hydrated differently, you know, sure. one day to the next. So, I mean, really the most accurate thing that I have found is the bod pod, mm. but you don't do that every day. You know, you Wait, do I don't know about the bod pod. Oh, a bod pod. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not cheap though. Right. No, no, no. So, yeah, so you can't do it too do often. It. No, this is like, like a 3d scan. You get submerged in water. Oh yeah. 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 And they, yeah. Um, like certain gyms will do it. So I, if somebody's going to do that, I, I say do it like every like three months, three to six months or so. Mm. That way you get some actual, like, this is real hard data. You can't fudge this. It's not you. It's not objective at all. It's completely subjective. You know, it is actual factual data to go off of, it just takes that much time in between of you being consistent to really get those numbers, which can be the hardest part. So other than that, looking at fat tissue change is inches and then pictures. I think pictures, right? Like the Mm -hmm. photos, like you can see changes in somebody's face or, you know, to be like, oh my gosh, your belly used to be out in front of your boobs and now it's behind your boobs. Like, yeah, you still have a belly, but it's way different. Like we're on our way. And then in between seeing, okay, yep, your body composition changed. You have gained, you know, six pounds of muscle and lost seven pounds of fat. That's a big deal. Even though it's a net change of one pound, that's a completely different body that metabolically, now you're actually burning more energy on a day-to-day basis and your system can. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So much under the surface we wouldn't see without testing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the, like, like you said, the correct testing for women, it's just, (sighs) yeah, but hopefully there's a movement to improve that. Right. I think it's going to be a grassroots movement only from women getting really frustrated from going in to the dock enough. We're going to hand out Dutch chests on the corner. Yes. Free Dutch for all. (laughs) Maybe that'll be a standard in like 2030 or something. I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there are so many changes throughout our cycle. Like what, what are your top tips for eating for our cycle? Like what should we be changing throughout the month? Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Good question. So the main thing that I teach for women on the eat for your cycle is really based off of Eastern medicine. Cause I'm also trained in acupuncture and Eastern medicine, um, and Chinese medicine. Awesome. So I talk about eating, um, 
warming and cooling foods for your cycle. So when it matches with your basal body temperature, so, you know, day one of your period, you know, day one through 14 ish basal body temperature is lower. It should be lower and sustained at a lower temperature. You match that with cooling foods, cooling toned foods. And again, this is like, if you Google this, some different things will pop up and you're like, that sounds weird. Yes. It's, it's, Eastern medicine based, you know, Ayurveda, things like that. So looking at um, chicken, turkey, fish, those are cooling, you know, proteins, Um, anything plant-based, very cooling um, plant-based proteins as well. Raw fruits and vegetables, right? Very, very cooling overall Uh, seasonings like rosemary, thyme, dill, you know, using mint. I use like peppermint in my water, cooling overall. That's going to help create, maintain, cooling, you know, estrogen phase for your system. It's like seed cycling, but extended Mm -hmm. through all the foods that you're eating. And then after you ovulate, you know, your basal body temperature spikes, rises, and it should stay higher the rest of the month, which is where a lot of women have big issues, keeping that sustained higher temperature, you switch Mm -hmm. over to warming foods. So like beef, bacon, you know, red meats, um, you know, if you get venison or something like that, I live in Minnesota, again, there's everybody... (laughs) There's a lot of venison around here. People who don't live in the Midwest, they're like, venison, isn't that deer? I'm like, yeah. We're like, how do you get that? I was like, out in the yard. (laughs) Yeah, go out back. (laughs) But other you're talking about denser proteins, more purine rich proteins. Yes, yeah. More like cooked. Yep. Cooked fruits and vegetables, things like that. You're breaking down the fibrous component of everything. Cause again, your digestive system is slower at this point. Recovery is harder because it's harder to upload as many nutrients from the food that you're eating. Cause everything's kind of slower and, you know, spicier things, peppers, hot sauce, all that stuff. That is a really fantastic to keep that body temperature higher. And mm. you think about, it, you're like, Oh, I could do that. I could eat cooler and then warmer foods. Yeah. That and work with the temperature shift in your body. Um, it's different though, again, to think about, cause sometimes women are thinking, well, if it's lower and higher, would I want to even it out and do correct the opposite, right? I want to correct it. No, no, no. You want to lean into that shift and help hmm. your body function, right? Let those hormones do what they're supposed to do and help pick up that digestive system, which things like ginger, cinnamon, right? Spicy foods help increase your digestion, especially during that progesterone phase. It actually works with how your physiology works at that time too. So that makes mm. sense. The same as seed cycling, supporting yes. the rise and fall of estrogen, rise and yes. fall of progesterone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So do you do you follow the Ayurvedic body types at all? Like the Pitta Vada? Um, a little is that- I don't do a lot of that main that main work. Um, you know, during the work that I do. It's because it's somewhat of a yeah. of a relation. A lot of the body type though is based on what you physically look like. And a lot of women relate to that where they are right now but where they're at right now. So hormonally is off that their physical body doesn't actually match with what their true body is. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so you don't know. Do. Yeah. 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 Cause a lot of times women will say, Oh, well, I'm like this for the Vata, but this for Pitta, does that make sense? And I'm like, no, because your body is so sick right now. Right. If we can go through and get your system functioning better and get you healthier, totally different, totally different thing to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I find that with metabolic typing diet, I I use like my own version of that quiz, which does have some correlation to the Ayurvedic types. And I find that, you know, that's, you're supposed to answer intuitively, like not overthink it, but I find that changes from the beginning of a program to the end, because we are just like kind of stuck a little bit, what we think our body wants or needs. 
Mm-hmm. It's really different when you, you kind of dial in and, and find that baseline or, you know, yeah. start to optimize. Yeah. Cause a yeah. sick body, you know, a body under stress, a body that's reacting to excess hormones or depleted nutrients isn't the same, you know, it's functionally different. And again, our default is meant for survival and the female body is meant to store fat and it's <laughs> meant to function at a different level, right? Like it's so different performance wise, everything else it's, so to actually get to a fat burning point and to keep it there is it's a whole different journey for women. And and it's different, yeah. you know, a lot of times, you know, person to person. Yeah. You know? So can you speak to what you just said? Why, like, why as women are we designed to store more fat? Like- babies. We're made to <laughs> make babies. babies. <laughs> made to make babies. Whether produce, you're produce. Not, it is there, right? Like that's what yeah. I feel like it's about. It's, you know, it's you know, preparing your body for a viable pregnancy every month, whether or not it's there. Our, right. And the thing, so there's also, this is another side tangent. I feel like I, I've gone on some tangents, but no, this is great. Like the female body storing fat, like it just does it naturally and it does it and it puts it in pockets and it stores it everywhere that it can because it's meant for survival. It, if like the human race was under, you know, attack somehow, it's the female body. Like you only need one male. <laughs> But you need different females like to keep things going, right? Like that's how, you know, the female body is designed to survive. And so for women who have been under chronic stress, for women who have been under traumas and things like that, your body is going to have that trauma response of storing more fat and it will show you in different ways. And even our connective tissue has ways of storing fat. That's why women have cellulite because our connective tissue is like a lawn chair. You know, it's in a crisscross pattern like that. So you get these like little pockets and pouches of little fat that come through on the leg, right? Men don't have cellulite because their connective tissue is all parallel. They don't need to store fat there. Their body doesn't care. Right. Right. So all these things are like, decrease your cellulite, get rid of your cellulite, rub it out, use this cream. I'm like, that is just crap. And it is just meant to fool women. Yeah. think that you can manipulate your body. Again, going back to how we're trained or brainwashed to think that our bodies are going to do something different. No. No, that's not going to get rid of your cellulite. It is literally how <laughs> your connective tissue, your fascia is formed, you yeah, know, it's trauma to the fascia. Yes. You can decrease appearance by having enough muscle tissue underneath and keeping a certain body fat percentage overall, which is done through, you know, exercise, nutrition changes and working with your body and hormones, not rubbing a stupid cream on there to think I'm going to get rid of my cellulite because it's probably so- full of toxins and chemicals. Right? Oh my right. God. Making it all much worse. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, something I think is so fascinating is the, um, the HCG hormone in women, yeah. the human cryonic and autotropin hormone. Yeah. Like that just tells you, you know, that the point of that hormone is that if we do go through a famine, right. Or world war three begins and we can't get food, whatever your body can tap into the fat to burn that, to feed the baby. Yeah. Like, that is so fascinating that us as women, our bodies can do that. Mm-hmm. But so you're we're right. trained to hate it. We're trained <laughs> to hate these survival mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> we need yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is that a lot of times when I work with women, we talk about like when they put on weight or when their body started to change. And I majority of the time, it's over 50% of the time, maybe 75% of the time women will say, we'll have a story like, yeah, this was four years ago. My husband lost his job. And so we were under a lot of financial stress. My mom got cancer and was really sick. And then something else, you know, happened, you know, or like this was my job, right? I had this turd burger at work that was just a terrible to work with, with this one work project. So 
they were under a lot of stress and they didn't sleep well for two months and da da da. But I got through it. I got through it. Okay, but the trauma that you you know had for that period of time, your body was surviving through that point. And it's gonna and when you talk about adrenal fatigue or all these other things, I mean, it can take three to five years to fully hit your system. And if you didn't deal with it before or leading up to that point, it is gonna hit you like a freight train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I just did so this post on Instagram this morning about how like what you did in your twenties doesn't work in your thirties and forties. And we just blame the aging process. Like yeah. it's normal for our metabolism to slow down. It's like, no, that's trauma and stress in the body. Like our bodies are so resilient, but at some point, like it can no longer deal with the stressors that are just adding up. Yeah. But we, we are so used to just blaming aging. That's normal. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's normal. It's normal for women to just gain weight as they get older or for you to like not feel good as you're older. Oh yeah. That's normal. There was, have you guys read the book doing harm? No. Oh my God. Rabbit hole galore. You're going to love it. Doing (laughs) harm. It is, it's a big book, but it's all about how the science of today's medicine is based off of the male body and they completely exclude the female body. And she goes back to like all these other studies and research things and all this stuff. She does a beautiful job. Who wrote Um, it? Oh, I can't, I can't remember her name. Um, Don't worry. I'm going to order it as soon as we get off this call. Yeah, do it. Oh my God. (laughs) There was, but she talked about even this aging study in there. Cause I've like, I've looked at things and known like, okay, even up, it wasn't until 1993 that pharmaceutical companies allowed women to be a part of studies. Right. You know, so before then, you know, when they were testing all the birth control pill, they tested it on 140 pound men saying that that was equivalent to a female body. Like are men going to be taking wrong? You know, all this stuff. No, no. Are you freaking kidding me? No one. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah, but she talked about an aging study. She talked about an aging study that they did over the course of about 70 years. And they took, you know, like thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of participants over 70 years studying how the human body ages. Guess how many women were included in that study? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, so we're just looking at half the population of aging. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. That's crazy. Oh my gosh, what was the motivation behind that? Didn't they want to actually get some answers? What, no. Like, yeah, Why? like, what the heck? <laughs> All for the male body. Like, again, it, and she does a, a really great job of outlining the timeline of medicine is at least 30 years, 30 to 40, sometimes 50 years of discovering something to have it be mainstream. Mm. Like, th- think about smoking. If you, you know, everybody knows smoking is bad. Smoking is bad, blah, blah, blah. If you said that 50 years ago, you'd be crazy. Yeah. You know, you'd be insane. You would be written yeah. off. You would be canceled, you know, because smoking was not bad for you, blah, blah, blah. Right. So it takes. Oh, and marketing wins long. always. <laughs> and marketing wins. Right. Yes. But it takes that long for like discovery of things to the actual application and having it to be um, routine in, mm-hmm. in practice. So. She talks about that time frame, And again, so what we're operating off of today was what was just being discovered like 50 years ago, 30 years ago. And again, at that time in history, majority of doctors, researchers, every male. And again, before that male. So you have all this data, hundreds of years of data that is collected on men, by men, for men, because that's all men. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to do a study. Well, I'm a dude, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, and like, I hear, I don't know if I don't want to bring up this topic, but there, I would say there's a science experiment going on in humans now in 2021, something that's happening. We have no long-term research, right? And people are like, but the government says it's safe, but the government said cigarettes were safe 50 years yeah. ago. 
They said lead in paint and gasoline was fine. Yeah. Like, do we want to talk about like thalidomide? Do we want to talk about, you know, yeah, all the things that we were told were safe. We just, we need long-term go research. (laughs) I know, right? Like green light. (laughs) Um, cool. Like prove it. That's prove it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I I think, and another topic where we need more research is fasting. Because again, yeah. this is something that's been researched so much on men, a little bit, a little bit on menopausal women, and then rats. You know, very, very helpful. Male, male <laughs> rats. They use male rats. Male rats. Even that's <laughs> off. Yeah, so what's that's... what's your opinion on fasting for mm, women? So I love fasting for women when it's done supported and yeah. when you prime the body for it. So often women jump into trends, diet trends, diet things. I'm going to do this intermittent fasting. And there's so many different types and you might have certain types that work best for your hormone levels, your metabolism, your blood sugars, your lifestyle even, right? Because what's the point of trying to add something in? If you can't sustain it, it's not going to really work for you then, you know? Um, And, you know, women are busy. Women have stuff going on. So if you, you know, it should work for you again, that's the same. It's the same mindset of, the clothes should fit you, not you fit the clothes. It, yeah. The fasting should right. work for you, not you have to kill yourself for the fasting. And right. so many women just jump into something. I read this. I'm going to do it. Well, you can do it. And I guarantee you, they're probably going to execute it correctly. It's just not going to work for their system because their body wasn't even ready to begin with. They were depleted to start with. They were too stressed out. They weren't acknowledging all these things going on. So it's like, you're kind of a you know, a fire, you got a fire going already and you're trying to put the fire out, but all you did was put gasoline on it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. thought it was water, but it was really gasoline. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Actually I had a female client uh, <laughs> yesterday. So I put her on a 12 to 14 hour fast mm-hmm. overnight, just daily. Cause I find that's, that seems to work well. So I was like, let's start with that. And I had her download the zero fasting app and she messages me yesterday. She's like, the app is telling me to fast 16 to 18 hours. I'm like, ignore, ignore what the app is telling you. Like, yeah. I don't, <laughs> it knows the computer that does not know you. Doesn't yeah. know you. It's obviously not even looking at what gender, age, like so many other factors. I was like, ignore that. Yeah. To the 12 to 14. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just like ovulation things. Like, oh, it, it says I ovulated. Did your body temperature change? Did your cervical yeah. change? Did or you are they just like put your fingers days? down there and yeah, yeah, because I can count days on a calendar too and be like, oh, I should have ovulated. I'm yeah, ovulating. It's day fourteen. <laughs> Got to track it. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so important to know and understand. And again, with all that, like when you mentioned the science experiment of things, right? Women's bodies can shift and change from so many things, right? Like just mm-hmm. over the past year of cumulative stress that we have been under, that can throw off your cycle. And then you throw in other, what's Do the it. word? Do um, it. What's the word? Bio agents, mm-hmm. other bio agents that are present in the body that you are unaware of. If your system hasn't had experience with it before, it can perceive it like a trauma. It can perceive it as a toxin that it then has to deal with. So your body will do whatever protective mechanism it needs to do to protect you. And if that's delaying ovulation or not ovulating or trying to detox heavily something, so women will get really heavy periods or big clots or bleed for a really long time because that's getting your period as a way to detox. Mm -hmm. And that's what your system's trying to do. Yeah. Super fun. So what's the big advice? If if there's a takeaway here from stress from 2020, it's continuing into 2021 and now these bio agents, like 
what is there something that you find really moves the needle across the board? Obviously there's personalization, but yes. Yeah. It's really like if you, if somebody has not done any hormone or cycle work so far, they have to start, start tracking something and, and know and expect that the data is going to be messed up. Know that your basal body temperature might be all over the place right now. Know that, you know, the scale might be all over the place or your measurements might be all over the place. But once you start tracking data, you have to get at least six months of information to really see what's happening, you know, and then, and then get your hormones tested right now. See where you're at to try and correct that. Because if you're not moving forward with it, if you're not helping your body keep up Again, people say, oh, my, your body's supposed to detox naturally. You don't need to detox. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what your liver's like, for. Yeah, that's what, yeah, your liver detoxes. Uh, okay, do you know how many women have like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or their livers aren't functioning or they're trying to fast incorrectly so they're depleted in glucose so their body can't even detox because your liver is not doing it and it's just targeting your muscle tissue for energy. So all it does is mm-hmm. it takes all those toxins and it throws it in a fat cell. And it says, we're going to keep you safe and we're going to hold on to you forever and just keep you locked in a fat shell and tuck you away. And then that fat <laughs> cell becomes estrogenic and produces its own estrogen, which throws off your hormones more. <gasps> oh man, it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. So for women that say, I have tried everything for weight loss. Mm-hmm. I've tried everything. Nothing works. Do they then start they with? Then they haven't tried their hormones. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the biggest thing is like, I've tried everything. Okay. You've tried everything for a male body great. You're not a male, Mm -hmm. right? Like if, you know, okay. Do you have estrogen? Even if you're in perimenopause or menopause, you know, address your hormones, address your stress levels that starts you on the right path. And again, it doesn't happen overnight. Big changes that happen quickly are not healthy, right? Oh, my friend lost 20 pounds in a month. What is wrong with her? Like, is she okay? Is she okay? I know. Oh my God. That's going to backfire real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like there's some women who are get really disappointed. Oh, I only lost three pounds this month. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. You're right on track. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how is that bad? That's not bad. What else changed? You know, like we were talking about earlier, the energy, are your measurements mm-hmm. different? Like, does your body contour look different? Right. Well, yeah, I can see like my, my leg muscles popping out. Awesome. Like things yeah. are moving. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, always other markers, other qualitative wins you have to look at. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, women that do take that extra step and do the lab testing and then, you know, there's lifestyle changes, maybe some supplements. Yeah. I find that patience is still a really big challenge because they're like i'm showing up i'm doing all the things i did the testing like i know i have my data why isn't it changing like when your body has been under stress for that long when you've had that trauma since what you said earlier like from 10 years old it takes so much time how do we cultivate patience yeah it's so a 12-week window you know three months 90 days about that is a hormonal phase Like that's a full hormonal phase from like egg production, everything else. Right. Mm. So anything less than that, I mean, if you make healthy changes, great, but for it to have a hormonal impact, you have to do something like that for at least 12 weeks. And if you have hormonal issues, right. Things like that, then you have to double it or triple it. So I always tell women, like, it's, it's not about, you know, what's happening right now. What you do today for your body and hormones is actually going to have a full impact 12 weeks from now. So it's setting that on your calendar and so working for it. And yeah, it's frustrating and it sucks. And it's really hard when you're like, oh, me and my husband are going to get healthier. And I made all these changes and he did half of them and he's making more progress. 
okay, you know, he's just in a different body. And yeah, he wasn't shamed for 30 years mm. about his system and all the right. There's all yeah. this other stuff that we don't realize that we're carrying the super heavy load that we slowly have to unpack and fix the system as it goes. You know what I mean? Like we got to fix the wheels on the car we're driving and slowly get rid of all the crap that we're, we're dragging with us. Um, it's a big job. So you know, three months, six months, nine months, up to a year, give yourself that time because you've spent so many years. And I mean, women on average go on at least four different diets a year. That's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like why? Cause we what love diets. I can't wait to do another one. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to do There's this. so much fun. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Not oh what women sound. These voices come out. I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. I'm cringing. Right. Um, <laughs> gosh. Not because we love it. It's because whatever we did before failed or we still feel stuck. You know, that's what women do. So yeah, when you think we're about afraid it, to look at what's really going on. Yes. Yeah. And it is terrifying and it's hard and it's the harder path. Right. But in, if you're going to, you know, it's the tortoise versus the hare, which one right. do you want to be? Do you want to win the race? Then you got to be the tortoise, you know, slow and steady, give yourself that time and you will win the race by living in a healthy body, that you get to keep the results of. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. yeah remember that. Be the tortoise. <laughs> Be the tortoise. Be the tortoise. Do it. <laughs> so Dr. Beth, we're kind of nearing our, our time. I want to fire off some rapid questions just because okay. I feel like you have such great succinct answers. And then we're going to do some final advice. Really quick. Juice fasting, fat loss, go. No. Your face is amazing. <laughs> I How mean, there's like know, women know. to stop doing this. So juice, no, I, and to qualify here, I have done it. I have done juice fasting. I have done it. And I spent a lot of time in the bathroom on the toilet. It yeah. can flood your body with nutrients. It does. You get, you like get a ton of nutrients and things like that. Great. So you can feel good. You get a ton of vitamins and stuff that you maybe been depleted in. So you like can notice that cognitive difference. But if you do it for too long, again, without proteins and things like that, enough to sustain your muscle tissue, your body will start to eat the muscle tissue and you will start to get fatigued. It's going to mess up your sleep. It's going to screw with your cortisol levels and your hormone levels, your estrogens, progesterone, things like that beyond that. So for actual fat loss, it's not a thing for women. That's not how the female body works and functions, unless you really want to lose your half your muscle tissue too, which for women, it's harder to build and maintain muscle tissue. It really, really is. So mm -hmm. Perfect. So, no, that was made for the male body. Great Love answer. It. If you want to do juicing, cool. Like you can juice and get some every day. But don't but take away the building blocks. Yeah. 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 On, Great man. point. I love it. Okay. <laughs> next quick question. Dairy. It's the big debate. Is it good for us? Is it not? It's probably personal. Well, how do we know? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is so hard. It really, really is. So it depends on the source. It really does. No, I grew up on a dairy goat farm. So I was raised on goat milk and goat milk proteins are a lot smaller than cow milk proteins and things like that. So it's easily digested, absorbed, all that stuff. So it depends on what your issue with dairy is. If you're getting crappy dairy, you're going to have a lot of issues overall and um, mucus production, all that stuff. If you are getting quality dairy, you know, organic grass fed, all that stuff, there's a lot of really beneficial, you know, nutrients and properties to that, that can actually help your system or raw dairy. But not everybody can do dairy and you might have gut issues that your gut, you know, bacterial imbalance is not supportive of doing dairy until you fix that. So a lot of times it's beneficial to cut it out until you fix the gut and then you can try it again. Mm, great. Yeah. Yeah. Really helpful. 
Awesome. I have one more rapid fire question and yeah. then we're nice. It's your turn. <laughs> okay, go, go, go. Supplements. Don't be afraid because our audience understands the basics always come first. But if you had to pick one supplement that you think is really useful for everyone, what would it be? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. My favorite thing overall, I would say, is ashwagandha. Ooh. Like. Love it. Yeah. An adaptogen. It's helpful for estrogens, progesterones, cortisols, all that stuff. If you have thyroid issues, you got to be a little careful. That's the only thing that's a little off about it. But ashwagandha. I feel like can make such a huge impact in a short amount of time to let you feel like, oh my God, like I just, I talked to a gal last week where she was like, I thought this was really weird that I was taking this or whatever. It's, you know, it sounds funny. I don't know. She's very skeptical about it. But she said after a couple of weeks, she noticed, like she said, her kids, one of her daughters said, mom, you seem way more chill and you're not yelling at us. That's a win. Yeah. She said she actually cried. Like it made her like, she like left the room and like cried about it because she was like, I didn't realize how on edge I was all the time. And she goes, that just has helped so much in a daily life. I'm like that things like that improve your quality of life and women are the drivers of health in their family. So it improves your family life too. Yeah. Totally. And you briefly mentioned thyroid issues. Is it, Mm -hmm. if it's autoimmune thyroid or just hypothyroid, what do we need to watch out for with ashwagandha? Ashwagandha is a nightshade technically. So nightshades are harsh on thyroid. So, you know, if your thyroid is going wonky at the same time as all these other hormone issues, adding in ashwagandha might not be the best thing to start with. So sometimes waiting until, you know, or using other adaptogens, you just, um, thyroid is such a great, like, powerful packed punch. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a few others, you know, yeah. uh, that, that kind of make up for the ashwagandha, um, until thyroid kind of gets under control a little bit or not as, not as bad, but got um, it. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, Thank awesome. you. Mm-hmm. Love, love, are... love your answers. Yes. <laughs> Great questions, Lauren. All yeah. right. Well, Dr. Beth, before we let you go, our final question for you, if you can give one piece of advice for people to start doing today, to help in whatever aspect of life, what would that be? Protein, 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 just protein, <laughs> all the protein. So many women are like, oh my God, I need to lose weight. I'm going to eat salad for lunch. It's like a leaf. Stop eating a leaf for lunch with no fat on it or anything. Oh my God. Yeah, get, protein. Yeah. get protein in protein, 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 protein is what helps your body combat stress. It's what builds your muscle tissue, right? It gives you energy, it levels your blood sugar levels, all this stuff. I mean, and I don't care how you get the protein in to start, just get the protein in that it's, it's such a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I was thinking of it as the Legos. It's like, if you want to build the house. Yes. Well, and that's, that's like, to your point, that's the same thing. So many women are like, they're in their house and they're like, God, my, my picture is crooked. My picture is crooked. I got to keep straightening the picture. Okay. What can I do? Do I put like weights on one side of the picture to keep it level? Cause it keeps going crooked. Well, the foundation of your house is crooked, (laughs) you know, like great analogy house house is off. Like let's okay. Wipe it down, start from scratch and build from there, you know, build on a solid base then you don't have to fix your stupid picture because the picture will just be correct. Yes. Oh, oh gosh. Dr. Beth with the analogies. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing so much of your brain and your wisdom and your experience. This has been so lovely and so much fun. Thank, thank you, you for, thank you for everything. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is, this is amazing. See, I love this. I love connecting with other women who do this work 
because just sharing this message and like getting it out there. And for some women, like they hear it from one place and they're like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But just to hear the same thing from a different person, right. Mm-hmm. It lands and they're like, yes. Right. So whatever, like for women who are listening to this, like take a step forward, do something, you know what I mean? Like if they've been following you guys for a while and just been hesitant, don't be hesitant. Like, what are you waiting for? Why? Why? Stop waiting. Jump yeah. in. Awesome. Amazing. I can't wait for all the ladies to hear this episode. They're going (laughs) to love it so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You are amazing. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. Can you tell our people where to find you? Oh, yes. Um, I'm on the interwebs, you know, Facebook, (laughs) Facebook. Instagram, my website, YouTube is all Dr. Beth Westy. And then um, I have a book called The Female Fat Solution and one called Female Menopause Solution. So talking about female health and fat loss for, for women. Yeah. Great. And we'll link, we'll link to all those resources in the show notes. So for Mm -hmm. anyone listening, listening, you can check those out. Perfect. Amazing fun videos. Go watch them. Perfect. We love you. Thank you, Dr. Beth. Yay. Thank you guys. Have an amazing day and thank you to everyone for tuning in. All right. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the biohacker babes podcast head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.